Welcome to BNN Tax Snacks, a podcast from Baker Newman and Noyes covering timely and impactful federal and state tax developments affecting our clients, friends, and other listeners. I'm Mike Stillings, Director of Tax Services at BNN. Thankfully, 2020 is behind us. In the tax world, however, the impact of last year will be felt for quite some time. In the next several episodes of BNN Tax Snacks, you'll hear from a few of our tax specialists about business and tax topics directly related to the COVID-19 pandemic, the tax law changes it set in motion, and what those changes mean to individual taxpayers as well as businesses. Suffice it to say, we've got a lot to cover, so let's talk taxes. Hello, and thank you for joining us for today's podcast. I'm Leanne Scott in the Baker Newman Noyes State and Local Tax Practice. And with me today, I have my colleague, Meryl Barter, also in our State and Local Tax Practice. Today, we're going to be talking about some individual income tax considerations arising from pandemic conditions during 2020 and where folks have been working. We also have another episode that deals with some of the business-related implications of this uh, working and time in our country's history, so please look out for that one as well. Today, though, our focus is on the fact that during the pandemic, a lot of people may have been working in locations outside of the office or different from their normal working location. That is going to have income tax planning uh, and also just consequences um, for both 2020 and potentially 2021. Meryl, maybe you could tell us a little bit more about what's been going on in this area and what you've been seeing. Yes, thank you, Leanne. Um, Yes, as a result of the pandemic, uh, many employees are now being forced to work at home, primarily due to the state shutdowns. So uh, this is especially impactful potentially to individuals who work in a state differently from where they live. So those who commute, for example, from New Hampshire down to Massachusetts to work on a day-to-day basis. Uh, In many states, if an employee was to uh, work from home, the income attributable to to those days that the employee was working at home would be sourced to the state of residence. So the state in which the employee typically worked, say Massachusetts for a Maine resident, that, that income would not be sourced to Massachusetts. So the employee would have less Massachusetts withholding on that income, and more of it would just be attributable to Maine. But during this pandemic, some states are taking a different approach. So for example, uh, an individual who was from New Hampshire and was compu- commuting to Boston to work every day, uh, in the past, all of that income would have been uh, withheld upon in Massachusetts. Now the employee may be working from home in New Hampshire every day, but Massachusetts is still going to withhold on those wages. And Leanne, isn't that causing a little bit of strife between Massachusetts and New Hampshire? Yes, it is. Um, I feel like there's always some sort of tax dispute going on between these two states because of their geographic proximity and very different tax regimes. So, you know, as you alluded to, um, Massachusetts has taken, I think, you know, from a consistency and planning perspective for employers, they've taken the approach that if folks normally worked in Massachusetts, um, that, as you mentioned, uh, even if they're working outside of the state now due to the pandemic, uh, you should still be withholding Massachusetts tax on them. 
And that has caused some issues because New Hampshire, as most of our listeners will know, is a state that has chosen not to impose a tax on earned income. So um, New Hampshire has actually petitioned the U.S. Supreme Court to hear a case where it's challenging the rule that Massachusetts is currently enforcing. And it will be interesting to see if the court takes the case, first of all, and secondly, if they do, uh, what the result will be. So that's been something that's been very interesting to follow. Yes, definitely. And, and as you know, Ian, Massachusetts isn't the only state that follows that approach. Um, Rhode Island is also doing that same thing during the pandemic. And there are other states like New York that have followed that same path um, even in, before the pandemic. So employees based in New York who might work from their home in another state, New York has taken the position for years that all those wages would be sourced in New York. Yes, the convenience of the employer rule has often been tricky. And now, you know, that's been upheld as constitutional in New York courts. But it will be very interesting to see if the Supreme Court does take New Hampshire's case against Massachusetts. You know, if there are any implications out of this that could impact um, New York and the other handful of states that have that sort of rule historically, as opposed to outside of the pandemic conditions. So, yeah, lots to follow right now. Um, Merrill, if people uh, chose to work in a different state from their residence, let's say it's a vacation home or, you know, some younger folks may be moving in with their parents during the pandemic. Um, why why do, you know, other state tax laws matter? You know, why, why aren't you just under the normal rules that you've always lived under? Well, that's a great question, Leanne. And it is something we're seeing a lot, especially, I, I would say, in Maine and New Hampshire, which certainly during the pandemic have been uh, deemed to be fairly safe states. So, individuals that may have vacation homes here or just uh, maybe are able to rent a location up in Maine, choose to come up here and work during the pandemic. And those those rules are relevant because depending on the states in which you may be working, uh, an individual could trip themselves into having to file in more than just their home state. Um, And not all states are consistent in whether or not they have any types of thresholds. So For example, in Maine, uh, a non-resident needs to work in the state more than 12 days and generate more than $3,000 of income from the work done here as an employee before there would be any filing requirement. So uh, to take that example a little further, uh, an individual could come to Maine, stay here two or three months, but say they only generated $2,000 of income from work performed for their employer they wouldn't need to file a return here. However, if that same employee stayed only three weeks but generated 4000 of income, then that employee would need to file as a non-resident. Many other states don't have any defined thresholds at all, so an employee could literally work from you know, a, a vacation home in another state or maybe even, as you said, go stay with their parents and just stay a very short time and, and make only a very small amount of money but still have to file in that state under the letter of the law. And and we've actually um, talked to individuals that have, because of the nature of the work they do and their ability to work from anywhere, have traveled to multiple states during this pandemic and therefore uh, could theoretically at least have filing requirements in multiple states. So that that complexity um, is going to add potentially a lot of work on their end when it comes time to file their tax returns. And it also raises the question of how will the states enforce this? 
you know, um, and that's that's something kind of yet to be talked about too much, but it will be interesting as we go into the, the 2020 tax filing season in early 2021. Definitely. And I think, you know, it's interesting. I think you can kind of divide what we've talked about so far into what I'll think of as two different buckets. You know, some of the things maybe where your employer or where you with if you're an employer, where you withheld for your employees during the year. But now I think as we look forward to, you know, actually preparing 2020 income tax returns and, you know, our clients will be receiving their tax organizer soon and being asked questions about their activity during the year. So, you know, there's kind of the backward looking what should have been done and was that done correctly? But then now did we have the fallout of, I guess, you know, what was actually done and where people actually were. So you've got the withholding, but then now you've got the actual filing decisions and tax calculation questions that people are going to have to deal with along with their preparers in you know, may have some surprises that they weren't thinking about earlier in the year in terms of, you know, just how the varying state rules impact their filing situation. Um, Meryl, could you talk a little bit about, let's say a person, you know, does have to file in more than one state, are they necessarily going to be, you know, taxed twice on that income? Yeah, that's a great question, Leanne. And this really can get into the residency rules, which, um, can be a little bit complex, so I'll do my best to keep this at a high level. Um, In most states, again, using Maine or Massachusetts as examples, if an individual who's a resident in one of those states works in another state and has withholding and tax due to that other state, they are able to take a credit on their home state return for the tax paid to that other state. So they are not typically double taxed. Um, The credit is typically calculated up to a certain level. So if the other state in which a person works, the non-resident state has a higher tax rate than the resident state, the credit probably wouldn't be 100% of the other state's tax. Um, Where an individual could get into a situation where this income is double taxed is if due to their time in the non-resident state, they become what we would call a statutory resident in that state. So um, a couple of terms here that are important. One is domicile. And again, I'll try not to get too technical, but a domicile is, is thought of for an individual as the state to which one intends to return. Um, it's typically the state where an individual has the most uh, personal connections, maybe more family, employment, um, the physicians are located there. It's really, if you were to ask the person, where is your home? The domicile is, is the place they would refer to. And then residency is, is kind of a separate issue. And it can be determined in large part by the amount of time somebody spends in the state. So from a tax perspective, an individual can only have one domicile, but they could have more than one residence. So as an example, an individual could be domiciled in Maine and absent the pandemic, they would spend the majority of their time in Maine, which would, which would correspond, but they might, as a result of the pandemic, say travel to Massachusetts or another state and spend say more than 183 days there. And perhaps they have a vacation home there, which the state would view as what we would call a permanent place of abode so the other state would say well you're a statutory resident here so you need to pay us income tax on all of your income and maine being the state of domicile would take that same position 
So it's as though the two states are kind of competing for this for tax on the same revenue. And and that's what can become a little bit confusing. It can also it can result in a an individual having to pay tax to two states. So that is something we we've tried to speak to our clients about just to be aware of it. If the individual is domiciled in a state like Florida, then that's not as big of an issue in the sense that Florida doesn't have an income tax. It will result in that individual having to pay state tax that they typically wouldn't, but at least they wouldn't be double taxed. But when you are a resident of a state like Maine or Massachusetts and domiciled in that state, and then you spend more than 183 days in another state, that's when you could end up having to pay tax in two states on the same income, which obviously is not a good result. Most states, again, using Maine as an example, are not providing any exception for this. So um, if an individual, what we might call a snowbird, who is a resident in Florida, but has a vacation home in Maine, decides because of the pandemic that they're going to spend nine months in Maine this year, well, Maine is going to treat 100% of that income as taxable. That's assuming that they spend the time here and and have what we call a permanent place of abode, which is typically something like a second home. It's, it's not so much, you know, a hotel room or something like that, or if you're staying with friends for that period of time. So the rules are somewhat specific. They vary by state, but it is certainly important that people be aware of them um, to the extent possible to try to avoid situations where they're taxed twice in the same income. Great. Thank you. Yeah, I think really the takeaway here is that, you know, uh, there's some additional complexity in this area this year. And it also just highlights, I think, some considerations that folks should be thinking about and paying attention to in general. But the pandemic, like a lot of things, has, um, with taxes, you know, added some complexity and really just layers of things for people to consider. So really, I would communicate with your advisor, also communicate with your employer. I mean, we touch a little bit in that episode about employers and how to track all of this stuff. But I think really, you know, as an employee, just make sure your employer knows where you're working and that you have good records for yourself that show where you're working and when. I think those are really important. Um, so, Merrill, you know, I know you and I live in the world of, uh, you know, every state has its own rules and things are different and we find that fun. I realize it's incredibly frustrating for a lot of other folks, but is there anything that is being considered in Congress at the federal level that might help to create this, you know, much desired uniformity among states that a lot of people would like to make this a little simpler? Yes, there has been legislation proposed. It's called the Mobile Workforce Simplification Act. Um, This legislation and and other similar, I'll call them ideas, have been out there for a while. And under this particular proposed legislation, states would not be uh, permitted to tax non-resident employees unless the employee spent more than 30 days in that state. So it, it really would simplify the tax situations for most employees. Uh, this doesn't apply to, to some very high earners such, such as professional athletes and entertainers. But um, unfortunately, it hasn't made its way through the process. Uh, there are some uh, legislators in some of the more high tax states who aren't particularly fond of this legislation. Uh, it was included in some legislation that was put forth to uh, provide relief to the pandemic under the caused by the pandemic, but um, unfortunately it hasn't gone anywhere. And we still hope even as practitioners that that something like this would pass because uh, 
you know, in this environment, and even pr prior to the pandemic, a lot of employees do travel uh, quite a bit to multiple states. And the compliance for those individuals, as well as for their employers, can be a significant burden. So hopefully at some point, something like this will pass. But um, unfortunately, I, I don't see anything coming in the near future. Great. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, lots to follow. And I agree with you. I think, you know, this has been proposed for so many years now. I don't know what the odds are of it passing, but maybe it's one of those circumstances where the pandemic has really made people see that um, this is more important than it might have seemed in a normal year. So maybe at some point we will get some action on this. So great. Well, um, Meryl, any closing thoughts about what individuals should be considering as they work on or work with their advisors on their 2020 income tax filings? Yes, I, I think I would just echo something that, that you said earlier, which is just really be aware of, of where you've been during the year. I think it's going to be important to keep good records of, of your travel and hopefully, if you can, keep track of the, the time you've worked in the various states that you've been in and then be prepared to provide that information to um, your tax advisor so that that individual can, can put together the returns required um, and you can avoid, uh, hopefully avoid any state issues down the road with notices and, and things like that, as the states do find ways to track and enforce their rules. Great. Well, thank you very much. And thank you to our listeners for joining us today. Um, until next time, uh, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of BNN Tax Snacks. I hope you found the discussion helpful and are walking away feeling a bit more informed. Again, this episode is part of a series discussing year-end tax planning issues at the end of this unprecedented year. Check out our other episodes, which are available at bnncpa.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next time. This podcast is brought to you by Baker Newman Noise. The information contained in this episode is based on data available as of the date of its release. BNN is under no obligation to update this information as changes occur. BNN podcasts, events, and publications are intended to provide general information to our clients and friends. It does not constitute accounting, tax, or legal advice, nor is it intended to convey a thorough treatment of the subject matter. The information in this podcast may or may not apply to your individual situation. Consult a tax professional for help applying these concepts to your personal circumstances. Please contact Baker Newman Noise for additional assistance at info at bnncpa.com. More information can be found online at bnncpa.com.